Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Episode number 101, ladies and gentlemen. And I thought it was pretty cool that Memorial Day weekend we had, uh, or at least our show that was closest to Memorial Day weekend, we had an American, in my eyes, an American hero on uh, from Dukes of Hazard, And uh, now we've... We've got a big show planned for you again, but for those of you who are watching Raw, uh, we're just watching the systematic destruction of Seth Rollins here uh, by by Brock Lesnar, and um, this is the kind of stuff I like to see. We've seen a chair, we've seen an F5 outside the ring, uh, we've seen just just a, a grittiness that you don't often see in WWE nowadays, and um, you know, it, to me, it's it's. It's good. Look, there's blood. You can see blood on Seth Rollins there, and I I like it. So to me, it's it, it, it's good. It, it made the show. I don't know how you guys feel. Uh, once again, here with us, it is Granny Smith and the Icon. How are you guys? Pretty good. Hey, for those of the fans of the show that don't like off-color language, Turn your radios down now because there's some coming from the Icon, and I'm going to say oh, this. Oh, boy. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Icon, before you do it, because we are going through FM, let me get my – let me get the dump button ready. Not not the dump, but like the little beep button, the delay thing. Okay. All right, go. Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar, you worthless jerk. You That's not a bad You son of a gun. I agree. That's- that's about as uh, that's about as uh, potty mouth as I get. And I and, and I and I am too much of a lady to say what I think, guys. I am Granny is way too much of a lady to say what I would like to say about Mr. Brock Lesnar. Oh, guys, uh, I got I, I pressed the delay and dump button for a reason. I thought you were just gonna go ham on here. No, 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 no. no, no. 
uh, SOG is about as big of a potty mouth as I get. Well, I don't know. I've, I've heard people piss you off before. You see, I think it has to be in the moment. I think it has to be organic for you. Like, you have to genuinely be, you know, uh, PO'd at the person for you to really get upset about it, you know, and, and for the curse words to start flying. I, I really do. I, I really think, like, you know, if somebody's genuinely, like, if, for example, if somebody tells you, um, hold on, let me just get closer to the mic here. Um, uh, big swing, you're kind of cutting out there, sorry. Yeah, I was saying, for example, if somebody tells you that their introduction wasn't the best you've ever heard, you know, things like that, you get generally upset. That's when I think stuff starts coming out. Um, question, Icon, we do have a caller on here with us, 431 number. Is that the first guest? Uh, no, it could be Garber. Oh, that's right, it is. I, I keep forgetting those wacky Canadians have like U.S. type area codes. I keep thinking they got those big, long numbers like in Europe, so keep forgetting about that. Is this Mr. Garber on with us? Uh, hola, como esta? Hola. I'm just kidding, it's me. What's going on? Not much. Just uh, finished Spanish classes. I'm ready to do some yoga. I'm just kidding. Nice. It's great to be on the program, guys. How are you all doing tonight? Good man. Uh, we uh, thank you for letting us be part of your show uh, last night, and we're glad that you graced us with your presence tonight. Uh, uh, real quick here, I just want to go over our guests, uh, so everybody knows uh, we do have a three guest uh, show tonight. Our first guest will be on in about uh, ten minutes, in the uh, fifteen after the quarter hour. Uh, we are going to have uh, Nikos. Ricos today. We're going to have Double nice. Dippin' Divine and David Sullivan. You might recognize the last name is related to Kevin Sullivan. Uh, and he's going to join us as well. So we're going to have Wow. Jordan, if you have a minute, I didn't have time to uh, go over this with you last time. <laughs> and I think what we just witnessed, I don't know if you're watching Raw, but what we just witnessed from Brock Lesnar um and then attack on Seth Rollins, the the whole AEW thing, and John Moxley sort of basically calling out. And for those of you who don't know who AEW uh, don't know AEW and don't know John Moxley, that is uh, Dean Ambrose from WWE, um, basically putting the WWE on blast, and basically AEW having somewhat impressive numbers for their first pay per view and their first show. And putting a little bit of breath on the neck of WWE. I mean, John, do you think that that, that or not John? I keep thinking John Moxley, Jordan. Do you think that this AEW has a shot here? Like, I, I know that right now they're the small fish in the pond. They're the ankle biter of, uh, at the big pit bull. But do you think that they have a chance to finally be the company that puts some pressure on WWE, or do you think that this is really a flash in the pan and they'll be gone in the? Well, the thing is here is, like, uh, consider this to the ShamWow. Now, the mm. ShamWow was a very good product. The first uh, month, I made a lot of sales. Awesome, yeah. Now, you, you look at AEW, it's had its first show. It had its first fucking show. We, we, how is it going to be better than WWE after one show? We need at least 10 shows, and then we can have more information to work with. And that's what it's about. You have to look at all the facts. That you can't just judge something off of one show. It's their first show. Of course it's going to be a good show. What do you think it's going to well, be, like... Like some, 
true. But basically, my point is, though, is that a show could come out, right? And you could be genuinely unimpressed with it. You could be like, wow, all right, well, that was a waste of 40 bucks or however much you paid for the pay-per-view. And you'd be like, wow, well, okay, they're not, but you just get an impression in your head, like, all right, they're not really going to last. But with all the talent that they have, I think that they have a shot because people want hardcore. People love it, chair shots and things. People love that stuff. If they can be sort of the hardcore element that WWE is not allowed to be right now, I think that they can put a little bit of pressure on them, honestly, down the road. Down the road. Yeah, I'm not saying right now, but I don't know. I hope they're not a flash in the pan. I really do because I, I really want something different I hope not either. besides WWE. I honestly do. And I, I hope they're not either because the WWE, remember how much better they got when they had WCW breathing down their neck? I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. It definitely brings a lot of similarities to the process, picture as well. I have about three minutes here, um, so I, I'll be willing to talk more wrestling in about three or four minutes. But we do got to get back to work and get those sales. Um, but um, that's a big way of looking at it here. Uh, you have your first show, which was amazing. It was a great event. I want to see now how their second and third show do. After there, I want to see how their fourth and fifth go. After that, at the very least, we're going to be able to see with the data that we've collected what is the better product. And looking at 12,000 people for their first event, that's huge at the MGM. So if they can continue to sell out and have great five-star matches and bring in these names, the sky's the limit. Now, here's here's where I think AEW hurt themselves, though. Their, Their first show was so good and the quality was so high that... Are they going to top that? Well, yeah, if they don't... If they don't come out swinging and put on a, a as good of a show or better, people are going to go, ah, all right, they're fading. You know, <laughs> I mean, if they understand the position that they're in, where if they would have put on a mediocre show, people would have been like, oh, yeah, they suck. They're not going to blast against the WWE, blah, blah, blah. So they kind of had to go ball to the wall. And now they kind of put themselves in a weird position early on because now they're going to have to try to continuously pop themselves and I just don't know if they have the roster or, you know, the talent or, or the really the funding or anything like that to do that right now. So, you know, it's kind of a catch-22 for them. Um, and, but, but like I said, I really hope it works because I'm getting sick of just being limited to the WWE here. I could agree. I could agree. Somewhat. Randy, what about you? Well, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see them succeed just because I would like to see a little bit of a change. I'm kind of getting tired of some of what WWE is doing. I'd like to see something mm-hmm. different. So I I hope they succeed. I hope they do well. I did like what, what WWE did tonight. And, again, for those of you who watched Raw, um, you, you know what just happened. For those of you who didn't watch Raw, obviously, based on my reaction, you know something's going to happen. That was probably the most intense attack segment I've seen on Monday Night Raw or on on any WWE programming in a long time. 
The only other thing that was as physical as that was the Batista Triple H match at WrestleMania, but we knew that, you know, we knew that was going to be the case. I, I think, honestly, I think this is a direct shot, a direct response. Because a lot of guys, Cody Rhodes coming out saying things now, how he was unhappy with his character for years, but they forced him to do it. How, you know, John Moxley, who was Dean Ambrose, is coming out saying all these horrible things about WWE and the medical staff and the creative team and all this. You know, obviously Chris Jericho uh, is running this whole thing. Um, you know, you've got CM Punk and his comments, which have just now resurfaced after that whole war he had with them. So I, I just think that, Honestly, if, if if AEW markets themselves the right way and they do this the right way, uh, they 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 could be they 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 could be the one to finally almost be a WCW esque type of competition, which is really I think what they need right now. And here's the other I agree. If they are, if they are. I think we'd have more uh, be more able to get their wrestlers on our show than the WWE. I don't think they'll have as many hoops to jump through. True. That's also probably I true. I agree. Uh, our guest should be calling in here shortly, guys, so be watching the board. Yeah, you guys, best to guest call in. Uh, once again, thanks for uh, having me on the program tonight. I do go back to my desk. But uh, follow me on Twitter, Jordan J. Garver, and next Sunday, tune in to Cut the Promo. Once again, thanks for having me on Attitude Era Live. It was an honor and a privilege, and I look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Jordan. Have a good night. You as well. Icon, we do have somebody on the line here. Um... 509, would that be? That would be him. All righty. I'm going to put this on here, step aside for one second, clean up uh, all the pizza crumbs that I just got all over the floor because I was trying to rush eat this before we got on air. Um, And uh, I will, but I will be listening, so I will chime in when appropriate. Icon, do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he is... The Double D, he is the divine wrestler in the ring. You cannot stop this man because he will take you out when you least expect it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Dylan Divine. Hey, Dylan, how are you? Hey, this is Dylan Divine, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with host, the icon, the big swing, and granny holster. Brother. Thank you, Dylan. How are you, man? Awesome. Good to have you. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, uh, here's what we like to do. After we introduce the guests and then they uh, say our little liner, we like to have them give us a little background about themselves, and then we ask them some questions. So if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll talk to you. Absolutely. Well, I've been uh, in the wrestling business since 2010. I started training out of the uh, great Pacific Northwest, uh, Salem, Oregon, with the West Coast Wrestling Connection Academy. And uh, I did my training there for about four years, moved down to Texas, furthered my training with Sho Funaki at the Funaki Dojo. Shout out to Funaki. He's awesome. Uh, I've been wrestling uh, in, the, in the Northwest, in Texas, wrestled in California a couple times, uh, just trying to do my thing all over the place. That's awesome. Now, in your tenure in the business, you know, you mentioned that you were trained by Funaki. Do you still have contact with him? Can you hook us up with him, possibly? 
Absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. I'll get a hold of him and uh, see if we can make that happen. That'd be great. Number one announcer. He'd be the number one guest on your guys' show, guaranteed. Well, no, you got that. You got that slot. Oh, thanks. At least until he comes on, right? So. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it'll change. One. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so in your uh, in your tenure in the business, um, how many different companies have you had the opportunity to wrestle for? Ah, oh, man. I'm not sure the exact number, but I wrestled Oregon, uh, Washington, California, New Mexico, Texas, several different companies in each state. So it's, it's I couldn't tell you right offhand. I mean, it's probably 20s, 30s, done spot shows like Lucha shows, companies' names I can't even remember now. Just as they, hey, you want to get on the show? Absolutely. You know, when you're a young guy in the business, you're kind of wrestling anywhere you can at any time. And have you won any titles in that, uh, in those, uh, in any of those companies? I have had a few tastes of gold. You know, I've had the uh, tag team titles with my good friend and tag team partner, Matt Ecstatic. Shout out to him as a uh, part of the fit club in the WCWC. And I had the uh, U30 title in uh, anarchy championship wrestling out of Austin, Texas there. That is so cool. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of uh, go around the room here. Uh, when you wrestle, are you would you consider yourself to be a a babyface, a heel, an in betweeny, or are you going to be what the crowd decides that you are? Well, it's funny because uh, when I started out, I was very white bread babyface, like wearing a singlet, kissing babies, throwing arm drags, that kind of thing. And then when I kind of developed a character a little bit, I everybody went, you're definitely a heel. you got to be a heel. I, ca- I can't stand looking at you. You're a heel. So lately I've been uh, healing it up all over the place. Well, that leads me on to my next thing, seeing that you are a heel. Granny, <laughs> what do you got for our guest? We have, uh, we have our guest here, uh, Double D, Dylan Devine. Uh, we have about uh, 20 minutes here left with you. Uh, Granny, go ahead. Well, hello. First of all, I am not a wrestler. I'm just a fan. Although, you know, I've had a few people try to threaten to throw Granny in the ring a few times. I've been handcuffed to a manager, you know. And But I do love talking smack to the heels. That is what I am known best for at very many independent shows that I go to. You need That's to awesome. come to Oklahoma. You need to come to Oklahoma and wrestle in I, Oklahoma. I'd love to. I've been close. It just didn't work out. There was a couple times. Well, I have a friend. I have a friend that that has an organization called Wrestling for a Cause, and we do shows for kids that have got cancer, and it's been going on about seven years now. You need to come to Wrestling for a Cause, and then you could meet me, and you and I could could have little interaction there at at ringside, my friend, because I know you said you wrestle in Texas, and I'm sure you probably know a lot of my wrestling buddies down in Texas. Absolutely. So. Wrestling is a small world, and I'd love to do that. We can go in there and mix it up, Grant. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. But my question for you, what has been one of your most challenging matches you've ever been a part of? You know, it's really hard to just pick out one match. That, oh, man, that was, a, that was a tough one. One of the hardest things is when you're, when you're traveling a long distance, you're in the car for 10 hours, you know. Sometimes it's hard to get up. you got to find ways to pick yourself up before you go out there and 
give the fans mm-hmm. your all. And other times, and you hate to be one of those guys that's, you know, oh, there's a bad crowd or whatever. <clears throat> but the crowd is just quiet. You feed off the energy of an audience, like in any sporting event. So if a crowd is just quiet, like you're wrestling in a library, it can be difficult. And sometimes you got to call audibles, try different stuff oh, yeah. to, try to get the crowd oh, yeah. back into the match. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that is one thing that Granny is known really well for, too, is helping get the crowd going. Because I'm not afraid to stand up and holler, start hollering at somebody. And then when everybody sees me doing it, then they kind of, you know, get into it. They're like, oh, okay, this must be okay to boo or <laughs> cheer or whatever, you know. I mean, I yeah, yeah I, I'm quite well known for for helping helping get the crowd i mean in fact i've been told that by several wrestlers like granny thanks for being here tonight you really helped make the show and you're right because i had one of my one of my wrestling buddies here in oklahoma his name is he goes by the definition of definition double d of course i call him double dork but um, he, he told my husband, he says, I'm always, he says, if Granny's not hollering at me or giving me grief, I get worried. That's what he told my husband. <laughs> that's good. And that's one of the. So you and I would have, you and I would have a lot of, a lot of fun, I'm sure, at an event. I think so. And I'm one of those wrestlers that definitely does feed off the crowd. And that's one of the cardinal rules in wrestling is. You gotta have if you're getting some kind of reaction, it's a good match. It's only a bad oh, match yeah. if nobody's yeah. doing anything. If, no if cheering, no if booing. You're, if you're just quiet, yeah, yeah it's a stinker if, of a match. If you're getting if you're getting a reaction, you're doing your job. So yes, right. you're quite the crowd right decides that. if you had a good match or not. The crowd That's always right. decides if it was a good match That's or not. That's right. Not That's you, very not true. how many, not what not what moves you did or anything. It's never the crowd's fault. The crowd decides if you had a good match, so That's true. Go for it, well, big swing. Well, uh, he's uh, he's in capacity for no. I'm I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, no, go no, ahead, no. Big Swing. What's your? I I, I have arrived. Go ahead, big swing. What's your well, question? I, I guess my question would be: Take us down your road, your path. What made you want to become a wrestler? Uh, did you have anybody you looked up to? You know, when you were growing up, was there any icons, pun intended, that you kind of idolized? <laughs> that you said, hey, I want to do this? Or were you doing something else and you just happened to fall into the wrestling game? Like, was this a lifelong quest? Or, or take us through your, your story. It definitely was. I got hardcore into wrestling around 9 or 10 years old. Uh, and I, I just got hooked. It was right around when the Attitude Era started kicking in. You, know, The first thing I saw was uh, Steve Austin, of course. Everybody knew who Steve oh, Austin yeah, was. Oh, yeah, he's a man. Their friends. Yep. My friend's like, you got to see this guy wrestle. And then when I saw the other characters, you know, Mick Foley, The Undertaker, The Rock, Triple H, like wrestling was so hot at the time. Like you just, you just couldn't, you couldn't avoid it, you know? And I just got hooked. It was like a live action comic book for me. And I've always been a comic book nerd. And I'm like, I got to be a part of this somehow, some way. That's awesome. You know, and you know, you kind of mentioned that, uh, you know, being a heel, you know, and you were talking to Granny because, you know, if you ever happen to be in an arena... Well, the heel's more fun, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah. If you ever happen to be in an arena that Granny's at, she got it in Canada. It's called a hurricana because in Canada they end everything with an A. So that's why it's called a hurricana. <laughs> uh, and she can swing a nasty cane if you're on her bad side. Now, if you're on her good side, she'll be... <laughs> 
Is that the hurricane, but, like the thing I've seen the infomercial for with the old well, guy? Well, yeah, but we, you know, I don't <laughs> have, I don't have about. the, I don't have the hurricane. I just have a regular cane. However, I do have a cane that Tommy Dreamer used on Matt Riviera at the last traditional championship wrestling show in Fort Smith, Arkansas, back in 2013. It's one of those fold-up hmm. canes, you know, like you buy at Walmart. <laughs> And Tommy actually came and took it out of my hand and used it on Matt Riviera during the match. So, you know, hey, I'm not going to stop Tommy Dreamer from, you know, grabbing my cane. Sorry. I mean, have at it, guys. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he's a hardcore legend. If Tommy Dreamer wants to use your cane, you let Tommy Dreamer use your cane. I mean, I've had dinner with Tommy Dreamer. So, yeah, in Nashville. So we had dinner with Tommy Dreamer in Nashville after – a show down there one time. So, you know, well, here's yeah. the thing though. Wrestling, wrestling is these characters become so real to you from the love hate standpoint. Whereas like, put it this way. If icon used a cane, let's say, okay. Granny said, you know, she, she let Tommy Dreamer use her cane, yada, yada. If icon was in the same situation and somebody like Kevin Owens, Asked to use his cane, <laughs> I kind of wouldn't do it. Okay, or even, well, even Granny, she's all about Tommy. No, I did him with the cane. Lesnar asked to use it, she wouldn't do it because you, you hey, learn to love was, and you learn to hate these. Tommy, hey, big swing. The thing was, Tommy Dreamer did not ask me to use my cane. He took it. He just from took me. it. There's oh, well, a either way, though, he just though, took it out of my hand. You you still I mean, tell the story. He just took it. But you, but you still tell the story and, and with a fondness about it, like like it's a story that you're happy to tell. Whereas if it was one of those I other am. guys, it wouldn't be that. <laughs> I am. You, know, you, you wouldn't be as happy because these characters well, become you either love them or you hate them, and that's I think one of the beautiful things that wrestling does is it brings well, you right into these to these storylines if they're if it's done correctly anyway. Yes, and and you kind of and I and I laugh when you say that because my husband tells a lot of these wrestlers that I do have a love hate relationship with some of these guys. I love them before the show or after the show, but during the show when they're in character, Granny is in full swing mode here. You know, I I'm doing my job by making it fun for the wrestlers and fun for the other fans. So you know, you got that. You hit that right on the nail of the head. There, um, swing so. <laughs> Uh, Dylan Devine is our guest here. We got about twenty minutes left here with Dylan. Now I want to I'm going to ask you uh, I'm going to ask you the uh, the the heavy questions. We, oh we boy! Got through the easy questions. I'm going to ask you the heavy questions. First well, question, guys, I'm all out of time. I got to. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, but go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, first off, uh, the first question is: you know, every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver. We want to know what yours is called. What goes into it, and then we'll see uh, if one of us will volunteer to let you practice it on us. <laughs> All right. Well, mine is the Divine Shine, and it's actually – I don't uh, – you guys remember D'Lo Brown from the Attitude Era? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do mm-hmm. the Attitude Era live. I would hope you know who D'Lo Brown is. He used the Sky High Powerbomb. I actually adopted that while I was down in Texas. And funny <clears> story, <throat> when I came – I had a sabbatical from WCWC. When I came back, he was actually my boss. So uh, he was helping put the shows together, and I had been using the Sky High for a while, and I was kind of nervous to ask him, "Hey, is it cool if I use your move?" You know. So, but yeah, he said he gave the the okay approval. So yeah, I got the uh, the approval from the man himself. 
Well, uh, I, I think Big Swing might be willing to take that. Granny and I will kind of have to just watch it happen. Yeah, I might be. I'm definitely the youngest of the three. I might be in the best shape as well. So, yeah, I'll take one for the team. As long as as long as we can get views and, and listens and as long as it becomes uh, a good segment, I'll take one. That a boy. It's all about the internet yeah. cloud. There we go. That's it. That's all it's about. Now, my next question, two-part question. Now, we all know that when you get into wrestling, we all know that the big dances, the WWE, and uh, they're starting to get some competition with, uh, uh, what is it, EWA or whatever? AEW. <laughs> now, two-part question. If you were to get that call from the WWE and they offer you that million-dollar contract, here's a two-part question. Is that something you'd want to do? Because when you get to the WWE, they tell you, you do this, you can't do this, you 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 can say this, you can't say this, you go here, you can't go there. As an independent wrestler, you control your own destiny, you do what you want. That's the first part of the question. Is that something you'd want to do? And the second part of that question is, when you do sign that million-dollar contract, because you're such a great guy, will you not big time must still be our friend and still talk to us? <laughs> oh, well, Pandora's box you've opened. Well, if they're calling with the million-dollar contract, that's hard to turn down to do something that I love, knowing that they do have full creative control and all that. I mean, that's just kind of something you've got to roll with the punches. I've been on other shows, even on the independent scene, where you come in and you have a certain thing that you do or a gimmick or a name, or like, that's great, man. Here's what I want you to do, and I'm the one that's paying you, so you got to do it. And you kind of just got to do it. So if you're getting paid a million dollars, it's kind of hard to say, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? So it's still wrestling. And, of course, I'd still be your guys' homie. I'd call in. So I wouldn't big-time you. That's awesome. Now, uh, of course, uh, we got to put in the ego questions here. we got about 15 minutes here left. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, two ego questions. First off, the icon made you a cool collector's card. What was your opinion on that? And uh, do you think you'd be willing to send us some autographs for giveaways for our big December show? I thought that was pretty cool. I really liked it, you know, and the best part is he spelled my name correctly because you wouldn't believe how many even promoters have spelled my name with two eyes, my first name. So it's nice to see my name spelled correctly for once in my lifetime here. But <laughs> And absolutely, and, uh, I'd love to send you site guys some autographs for the big giveaway right, in December. I, 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 when do you yeah, need I'll them by? You, when do you need them by? Well, uh, whenever you can. Uh, I sent you an address of where to send them to wherever you can, whenever you can. And, okay. Uh, Okay. You know, the cool thing is, you know, when a promoter spells your name wrong, like on your check, isn't it hard to cash that at the bank? Yeah, that's why it's hard to cash it at the bank. <laughs> Did you ever think that they may be spelling your name wrong so you can't cash the check? Hey, that's definitely a possibility in the world of, uh, of wrestling, you know. There's been lots of uh, funny funny instances of when you go to the pay line. So I, I've got some stories I could tell. Well, do you, ha- do you have one of those stories uh, you got paid with? Uh, like one time I got paid uh, to do a show. Uh, they said, well, Icon, here's your hot dogs. Here's a bucket of popcorn. I'm like, what? Any situations <laughs> like that? Well, uh, I think off the top of my head, the funniest pay situation I had is I wrestled a spot show out in Texas. It was actually my first show out in Texas, and a buddy's like, hey, you want to come with me to the show? I don't know what it's going to be like. Let's go check out. I'm like, sure, okay, you know. So, And when you just jump on a show like that, especially when you're younger in the business, you can't have high expectations on pay if you're going to get paid at all sometimes. 
So we go out there, we wrestle, we do our thing, and afterwards the guy comes over to pay me, and he gives me $15 in quarters. So I'm thinking, okay, $15 in quarters, I can at least wash my gear now, right? So he walks away, and he's talking to some of the other guys, and he walks back, and he's like, hey, brother, actually, I gave you $2 too much. Can you give $2 back? (laughs) So basically, uh, he paid you with his laundry money so you could do yours. Nice. Pretty much. And just for the for the record, I did not give the two dollars back. Uh did you give him a boot in the ass instead? I can't I said no brother, I can't do that. <laughs> oh <laughs> so with your uh with your schedule, uh how often are, are you out there wrestling? You you go once a week, twice a week, once every other week? couple times a month, once a month. How often are you putting yourself out there? What's your schedule? Well, re- well, recently I just moved back to the northwest from Texas, so I'm just now starting to get back into the feel of things. I've been working for WC because they're pretty close pretty regularly uh, a couple times a month out here, and I'm starting to get my name out there more for more of the newer promotions that are out here in the northwest. So at least once a month, though, a couple times a month, three times a month. Awesome. And uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out on your next show, uh, do you know when your next show is, uh, where it is, when it is, uh, who your opponent is? And uh, if if uh, it is known, uh, is there a way that our fans can get tickets that are listening in uh, the area that you're going to be wrestling in? Absolutely. My next show is for the West Coast Wrestling Connection. It's in Salem, Oregon. On June 16th, that's Father's Day, so dads do get a discount. It's at the Scottish Rite Center. Bell time is 2 p.m., and if you want tickets ahead of time, you can go to wc-wc.com. Well, you know, speaking of that, you know, you mentioned uh, your your father, and uh, now uh, forgive me if uh, you're – if I, I, I don't know this, if your father's uh, past or not, but uh, – what did uh, what did your parents think when you told them that you're going to become a wrestler? And uh, have they seen you at any of your shows? And what do they think when you're out there? Well, my I've <laughs> I never met my real father, but my stepfather thought it was great because they knew how much I loved wrestling. And my mom has been against it since day one. It we're we're nine we're well, it's going to be nine years in this September. She's still trying to talk me out of it, like I'm just starting or something. And she just absolutely hates it. And she always happens to show up at the worst possible matches to show up to, you know, like, like one time she made a surprise appearance at some match where I was doing a street fight and there's thumbtacks and steel chairs. And anyone who's followed my career knows I normally don't do that kind of match, but we had just this special grudge match, you know, like the big blow off and everything. And she's there and it's like blood and guts in the ring. And she's just like horrified. So that was pretty great. (laughs) Uh, has she ever tried to uh, interject herself in any match? <laughs> Not physically, but definitely like uh, verbally, before, after, during. You know, she just looks like uh, she's horrified the entire time. So that's really cool. You know, uh, with with that being said, and uh, with your with your career to this point, you know. I've never really asked this, so I'm going to ask this. We got uh, we got Double D Dylan Vine here. We got ten minutes left here with you. If uh, what is your your next biggest goal in your career that you're trying to achieve? 
Well, you know, at this point in my career, I'm just trying to have fun wrestling, and I am having fun wrestling. My next goal is to go wrestle out on the East Coast because I haven't done that yet. So I've done West Coast. I've done the South. So I want to get out on the East Coast, possibly go to another country and wrestle, and just keep doing my thing and just having fun. I just enjoy being in the ring, you know. I don't have uh, WWE or bust aspirations or anything like that. Like, oh, if I don't make it to this specific company, it'll all have been a failure. I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing. I'm enjoying myself on the indies. Now, when you wrestle, uh, would you uh, say that you're a high flyer like a Rey Mysterio, a technical wrestler like Bret Hart, or do you have that grunty style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? I'm definitely more of a brawler, and I, I implement a lot of comedy into my match. So I'd say if, if you had to put me in a box, I'd say a, a brawler and comedy. A brawler. Wow. Yes. So have you in your in your career nine years, have you had any major injuries or anything that put you out for a short time? Uh when I was training I broke my left clavicle, uh further down the road I broke my right clavicle in a match. I tore the patella tendon in my right knee during a match. I've broken my foot. I've broken toes. And then just regular bumps and bruises, you know, black eyes, stuff like that. Wow. That's – that sounds like – And keep in mind, off. anyone who's watching me wrestle knows that I do not have a particular risky style. So injuries can happen <clears throat> to just about any time to anyone. So you don't got to be jumping through flaming tables to get hurt in wrestling. That's for sure. Well, we got uh, Dylan Devine here. We got about uh, so, so Dylan. Um, real quick though, Icon, just to expand upon a point that that I brought up with uh, another independent wrestler that we had. These people, uh, you you just mentioned, um, you know, all the injuries that you've had, and your style really isn't super high flying and risky. For these people that that say that wrestling is fake. And I'm sure you've heard that before being, you know, being in the wrestling business. Um, yes, it's scripted. Yes, it's, it's theatrical. And yes, it's artistic. But to say fake, um, I mean, how does, how does that, does that rub you the wrong way as a wrestler having had all these injuries? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think or feel normally when you hear people say that? You know, when I was younger, it used to really bother me. Like I'd really, mm. I'd, I'd, it'd really go up my, you know what, people saying the F yep. word. But these days, yep. you know, it's just like it's like anything else. As an as an older guy now, like anyone who says it's fake just really doesn't know what they're talking about, doesn't know wrestling. So it just rolls off my back, and it doesn't bother me anymore. I mean, if it was fake, like I said, I wouldn't have just listed all my medical bills right here. So, like, mm. definitely not. Fake. Well, you know, you know, it, it's you know, it's kind of cool that you bring that up, and I, I just want to touch on that for a little bit because I've never really. Been- commentary and I don't want to take away from your interview but the when people tell me why do you watch that stuff is fake well here's the deal it's not fake bad stuff can happen in that ring and it has happened before injuries happen that's why they say all the time injuries happen like constantly that's right yeah that's right I mean the outcome may be predetermined but injuries aren't it's like okay now I want you guys to go out and I want you to break a leg or something you know, you, you can't you can't say that stuff is fake, and it drives me nuts when people say that. Well, agree? here's the thing is here's the thing is uh, 
I agree with you. First off, I agree with your point, but here's the thing. It's like, you don't even have to break a leg or get an injury to feel the effects of wrestling, just going out there and having a successful match. You will be sore the next day, especially if you're not used to it. Anyone who's played any physical sport like football or anything like that, the first time you do it or the first time you lift heavy weights or something the next day, your body just feels completely trashed. When you're not used to wrestling, when you haven't built up that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, when you haven't built it up, you know, you just, it's going to hurt a lot. Just, just oh, yeah. body slam stuff like just hitting the ropes. You know, when you first start out, your body's going to be completely bruised from just hitting those cable ropes over and over and over again, getting repetitions, trying to do it right. So you don't actually injure yourself. And like most wrestlers, just like most pro athletes, you know, like basketball players, like you got the NBA finals going on right now. A lot of those players are playing hurt, right? They might not be injured, but they're playing hurt. A lot of wrestlers wrestle hurt, even if they're not injured. Yeah. And sometimes you have to go out and wrestle injured because you, you know, you know, you don't want to lose your spot, you know? And the other thing is fans that buy a ticket, I mean, fans have compassion, but when they bought a ticket, they want to see the match. They don't care. They have compassion, but they don't care. They want to see the match. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, fans aren't going to get mad. Like, they're not going to get upset with you um, if it is, you know, a genuine injury. Because, I mean, they understand. I mean, you can watch any sport on TV, and there's a chance you'll see an injury or a player, or even your favorite player, get injured. There's always that risk that's run. But fans oftentimes, you know, they – they, they 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 go both ways with it. They expect you to put an over-the-top show on so that they're entertained. That runs more of a risk of injury. But then they also want to say, you know, if you if you don't put that kind of a match on, then, then they want to say, oh, well, you know, that, that was clearly, you know, he, he didn't really punch him or he didn't really take a kick or he didn't really do whatever. And it's almost like a catch-22 for you guys because you almost run into – you almost run into like if you don't, you know, go all out and put yourself out there for injury, uh, it's almost like you you get negative criticism. And then when you do get injured, sometimes you get the negative criticism also. Like, oh, he's such a pussy. Blah 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 blah. blah. You know, it's just it, it's really tough being in that business. Uh, and, and you know, it's really commendable for anybody who does it, any real professional athlete, um, to go out and do what they do and compete at that high of a level. Right, and there's really a fine line, like you said, you know, like you can't go out there and and be fake. Fans will see through that, and they want to be there. To, they're, they're buying a ticket to be entertained. They want to get lost in the performance and all that kind of stuff, but you can't go out there and just kind of half-ass stuff, just like any anything else, you know, like if you watch football, yeah. like I said, you go out there and half-ass a tackle, people are going to go, what the hell, get that guy off the field, you know what I mean? Yeah, but some it's people like do, that. though. Like, some people do do exactly. that, and especially – with the way that the concussion protocol is set up there now and the way that, you know, injuries have become so prominent, even in wrestling, you'll watch a match and you're like, wow, like this match kind of sucks. And then you'll see like newer guys, like these NXT guys coming up and you're, and they're going balls to the wall and you're like, wow, like that's entertaining. But then, you know, the guy gets hurt, he's out for a year, you know? And so you just, you, you never know. Like it's, it's just up and down with it. So, right, I agree, that. and you definitely like, like you said, the newer guys who go out there and go crazy. Like, you want to be entertaining, but you also don't want to have a completely dangerous spot style with you or your opponent. You know, you want to have hard hitting impact and stuff like that, 
make the fans believe, but you don't want to do something where you're risking breaking your neck with a routine thing that you're doing night in and night out. It's just, oh, yeah. it's just not going to work. You know, it's like, it's, it, you're not going to have a long career doing that. So you got to really kind of choose your spots. Hmm. Uh, Dylan, Dylan divide is our guest here. We got uh, two minutes left here. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, to let our fans, if they want to keep track of you and follow you, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Can't GoFundMe. <laughs> wow. I don't know about the GoFundMe, but yeah, I got Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow me, it's at Dylan Devine. That's at D I L L O N D I V I N E. Fans. Other wrestlers, anybody else want to follow me? That's great. You can you can find me on Facebook also, just under Dylan Devine. So I'm I uh, I'll accept everybody on there. So and uh, you know if you uh, if you can let me know how I can get a hold of Fanaki or have uh, I'll send you my number. You can pass it on to him or whatever you want to do. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Absolutely, I will get a hold of him, and uh, we'll try to make that happen. All right, and. Uh, you are awesome, and uh, if we haven't scared you away too much, hopefully uh, you can join us again in the future, uh, like uh, when you go after your next title. Now, remember, uh, we are now at a perfect 500 and 0. Uh, any guest that's been on our show that goes for a title, wow. no pressure, <laughs> but we're 500 and 0, so you got to keep that alive. Wow, five hundred and oh, that's a pretty good record. That blows away. We have uh, we there, have so. definitely we have definitely contributed to uh, a lot of new uh, title holders for sure. Well, I'll try to keep the streak alive. I'll try to keep uh, try to keep your streak alive there. Yeah, when you think about, it, we're better than Goldberg. <laughs> that's what you should just call the podcast from now on. Better than Goldberg. <laughs> this well, is actually, yeah, I, I uh, This is episode one hundred and one. Attitude Era Live has run its course. We're going to be starting next week better than Goldberg, episode one next week. Well, actually, I was thinking that you've heard of Are You Smarter Than a a Fifth Grader? Maybe we should do it. Are You Smarter Than Barry Corbin? Ah, well, there we go. I I know Granny would love that. (laughs) Or uh, raise your hand if you want to beat up Kevin Owens. That would be my show. I can. No, come on. I, I like Kevin Owens. Yeah, you would. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Dylan, I want to thank you for joining us. You've been awesome, and uh, I'll be in contact with you. Thanks, well, Dylan. thank you so much. To, thank you, Big Swing. Thank you, Icon. Thank you, Granny Holkster. I really had a lot of fun, and I uh, hope to be on again with you guys. Thanks, Dylan. Of course. Dylan Devine, ladies and gentlemen, Double D, the man that will be divine in the ring. All right. So we have we have another guest on with us. I believe it's the second guest, 732 number. Yep, right. Yep, let's just get a word in real quick cuz I don't know, you know, if we're going to go back to back to back like this, we might not have a chance to do it. Let's just get a quick word in from our sponsor here for those of you who know wrestling and you know the Hart family. You might not, you might uh this is my this I can't talk tonight. This might Ring a bell to you.
sharpshooterfunding.com for all of your funding needs. Uh, first down funding as well uh, for the American side. Again, sharpshooters based out of Canada. Uh, and the Harp family, uh, we've had pretty much all of them except for Brett on the show. Uh, and we just want to say thank you to the Hart family for being an endorsing sponsor of this program and of the 101 plus episodes since we changed the name. So do want to thank them for that. Uh, and Icon, I'm going to uh, let you do the next thing and introduce your guest brought to you live by Sharpshooter Funding. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is our second combatant of the night. It's rhyme time, ladies and gentlemen. This man you should never mess with, especially when you hear him walking down the aisle. Stepping through the ropes, it is Nikos Ricos. Hey, Nikos, how are you? Hey, uh, this is Nikos Ricos, a.k.a. the Spartan Pitbull, a.k.a. the Stamos of professional wrestling. You are as well as I, listening to the Attitude Hero Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and the granny hulkster. Still trying to figure that one out. Well, we'll, uh, we'll let, let you talk to granny hulkster in a little bit. First yeah, off, she'll explain it to you. She's, yeah, she's, well, we'll she's, uh, yeah, she'll, she'll let you know. But uh, what we right, like maybe, to do, maybe. after we introduce the guests, we'd like to have them give us a little, uh, background about themselves so if you want to tell us a little background about yourself then we'll ask you some questions sure uh first off let me start by uh apologizing somewhat i guess um my my voice is kind of gone right now um so if i'm straight it sounds like i'm straining to talk it's because i am straining to talk i wrestled a few times uh over the past weekend and that requires a ton of screaming usually on my end so I'm doing my best to try to pronounce as best I can, but my voice is a little beat up. Um, anyways, to answer your question, uh, that was a long, long spiel on my end. You were asking me about my background, right? Right. Okay, yeah. So I've uh, going on six years as a professional wrestler. Uh, I started training at Creative Pro New Jersey, also known as Wrestle Pro, uh, under Pat Buck, uh, Dan Moff. Uh, Mario Bolkera and uh, Kevin Matthews uh, got into it. Yeah, it's going on six years. Uh, currently, I'm the WrestlePro Silver Champion. Uh, I just won the BWF, which is in the Bronx, uh, Cruiserweight Championship. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. Uh, in terms of my background, I mean, are we going all the way back to the beginning? Like, you know, how did you become a wrestling fan and all that stuff? Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that as we go, but... Uh... Nikos Rikos is our guest here. We've got 25 minutes here left with you. And uh, the deal is, since I booked you, uh, before you went after that title, I'm going to add that to our status. So now we're 501-0. and 0. So thank you for adding to the streak and keeping the streak alive. Sure. So with your tenure in the business, uh, have you uh, – you, you, have you wrestled for uh, – Several companies. How many companies would you say you wrestled uh, in your tenure? You know, that's hard to say, honestly. Um, I kind of wish that I, went, I I did years ago what I know Chris Jericho did. Um, was a major inspiration of mine. He kept a book. I don't think he does anymore. 
of uh, like all his matches, where he wrestled, who he wrestled, what was the result, how much he got paid. Because um, when I type up basically a wrestling resume of sorts, um, when I have done that, I have to like strain to think. Not that it's been like you know a million places. Um, you know, it, I could definitely name you some of the bigger ones uh, for sure. Um, but like mainly WrestlePro, uh, Monster Factory. Uh, I've worked for the Creative Pro New York. A lot of companies you guys may not have heard of. More so on this end uh, of you know like more in the Northeast. OTW. Um, right now, BWF. Uh, oof, trying to think who else I've worked for. ACW, which I have coming up. Um, I've worked for SWF. I mean, a lot of WFs, you know, as you can imagine. Um, uh, who else have I worked for? I mean, OTW, I think I've mentioned them already. God, you know, it's actually pretty pathetic. Like, I could name, I would have to sit down and, like, write it out. Um, I mean, we also have done joint shows with Impact Wrestling. Uh, we've done two or three of them on Twitch uh, in terms of um, uh, WrestlePro. I've also worked for WXWC4, which is in Pennsylvania. That's run by uh, basically the Samoans, uh, to make it simple. Uh, so really, it's a lot of companies, more so in the tri-state area, uh, you know, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. Um, I've also done WrestleCon as well. Um, and most recently, uh, WrestlePro did Alaska, which was one of our biggest shows basically ever. So that was a real cool experience. And we are going back on December 7th back to Alaska. And then hopefully from there, looking to expand to some other states that we have yet uh, to be in. Uh so when you wrestle, would you consider yourself a baby face, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you what the crowd decides that you are kind of guy? Oh, no. It's, it, it, it's a heel. I mean, I naturally am a heel, if you want to call it that. I mean, I've been told that before. Um, like, hey, you're naturally, you know, not necessarily a bad guy, literally. Um, but let's put it this way. Like, I can easily be a, a judgmental person. I admit that. Definitely a character flaw for many people, but I openly admit it. I think a lot of people are. They're afraid to They're afraid to admit it. They're usually like, I'm not judgmental. Everybody's great. That's usually a bunch of BS, um, at least in my opinion. Um, I don't have any issue. Be, can I? Uh, what's the deal with language here? Like if I say a somewhat of a curse word, curse words, not allowed, allowed. Well, no, uh, it's, uh, it's safe harbor. It's the safe harbor act icon. So e- e- yeah, even though we're going through FM, we're on safe harbor, and I do have a dumb button if it's super bad. But nah, you're you're, you're good. You shouldn't okay. have to. Have anything. Okay. Well, you know, uh, we have for me Martin to... Pitbull on with us here. We got about uh, 25 minutes here left, or about 20 minutes here left with you. Uh, well, you know, you mentioned you're a heel. We're going to bring on Granny Hawkster. Granny, what do you got for our guest, the heel, the Spartan Pitbull? So well, first of all, hello, hello, and I'm not a wrestler, I'm just a fan, and you were kind of wondering about my name, um, about 19 years ago, I actually had a former co-worker give me this nickname, as you, I I, and I asked him, I said, what did you call me? And he said, I'm going to call you Granny Holster. I said, why? He said, because you love wrestling. And I do love wrestling. My husband loves wrestling. My son loves wrestling. Well, I had a very good friend make me a T-shirt. It said, what you going to do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you? And I start yeah, yeah. wearing it to all these independent shows that I go to. And the name has just kind of, like, 
stuck with me all these years. I mean, I still have that original granny shirt. It's still in pretty good shape. I still wear it to independent shows. So all my wrestling family, even though I'm not related to any of these guys that I know, they all call me granny. Their kids call me granny. Their spouses call me granny. The fans call me granny. I, I am granny pretty much well-known uh, to a lot of people. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that that's where I got that's where the name came into. But um my question is what has been your most or one of your most memorable matches you've ever been a part of? Uh by far the I mean I guess I I would go based on the one that came to me first uh initially when I think about that. Uh it, it's with a man who um is basically a mentor. He is one of my trainers. He's one of my absolute best friends in the business. His name is Dan Moff. Uh, Danny Moff, the Bayonne Badass, the Barrequa Beast. Um, he's been at this for a long time. Uh, he's been all over the place, different countries, cities, states. He was in Ring of Honor. Um, if you're not familiar with him, look him up. He's one of the all-time greats, absolutely. And um, I've learned a lot from him over the years, and I continue to learn. I was just on the phone with him yesterday, picking his brain while I was on the road. Um, and I've had a couple matches with him, and by far those are some of the most memorable. Um, from a factor of working somebody who means a lot to me and also literally having some of the most physical matches of my life, which I prefer to have. I like getting in there and getting physical. I'm not afraid to get the crap kicked out of me, and I'm certainly not afraid to kick the crap out of somebody else, and he's all game for it himself. So it's usually always a fun time with him. That that's amazing. Well, you know, you mentioned Monster Factory. I heard you mention Monster Factory. You know, Iconic yeah. Big Swing. You know, our good friend B Train, who I helped do a podcast with, he talks about Monster Factory a lot. Matter of fact, him and his buddy Kurt Gannon have actually been to some of the Monster Factory training things that that they that Probably they've too. done. So yeah. But that's awesome. what I got. So. All right, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest here? We have the Spartan Pitbull on with us, and uh, we got, uh, well, we got about 19 minutes here left with uh, the Spartan Pitbull. Big Swing, what do you got? Well, that's an interesting name. I mean, as much as Granny Hulkster is an interesting name, Spartan Pitbull is is a very interesting name as well, especially for a heel. Uh, Take us through a little bit uh, as to how you got into the wrestling business and how you came up with that name. That's definitely unique. Uh, well, I mean, in terms of how I got into it, you know, you've probably heard this before, but, uh, you know, it's, it's God's honest truth. I mean, in terms of going way back when, I mean, for as long as I can remember, literally, which, I mean, has to be around 95, 96, uh, I don't have a distinct memory of, oh, this is when I first saw it and this is what made me love it. Um, I just remember, you know, just somewhat seeing it around that time, but I don't even recall what um, – but I just know for as long as I can remember, it was always something I was into. Um, so basically, it just never left. Like, I just kept getting further and further into it and talking about doing it and talking about doing it until around 23 years old when I decided, well, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Um, in terms of the name, uh, I mean, to be clear, the name is Nikos Rikos. The the nickname is Spartan Pitbull. Um, I mean, obviously, in terms of pulling from uh, Spartan, because of the whole Greek uh, background and then in terms of pitbull, um, there's a few things there. I mean, first and foremost, it's not the reason to be the first 
animal lover. I have a pit bull. I love pit bulls. Um, but second of all, that to me is how I see myself in the ring. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm about 5'10", um, about 210 pounds. Um, so for me, I'm not obviously a bigger guy. I'm not, like, you know, going to be the, the most strongest one in there, nor the most physically intimidating. So for me, it's all about literally being a pit bull. Pit bulls are not typically enormous dogs. They're not like a Rottweiler or a Great Dane. They're smaller. They're more compact. But they're vicious. So, And they're going to pack a mean punch if you push them. And that's exactly how I see myself. Uh, Nico Ricos is uh, with us here, uh, the Spartan pit bull. Now, I'm kind of curious, and, uh, you know, we all know that every wrestler has a great finishing maneuver. We want to know what yours is called, what goes on to it, then we'll decide which one of us wants you to let you practice it on us. Yeesh. All right, well, first and foremost, there is the swift backstabber. Now, it is a backstabber, basically. I'm jumping up on you just like, you know, you've seen Carlito do, uh, Adam Cole as well, where they drive their knees into the guy's back and pull him down so the guy lands on basically my knees. Um, why is it called the swift backstabber? Because also, uh, if you see my social media, it's not hard to find that I am a, also a huge Taylor Swift fan. And I call my WrestlePro Silver Championship Taylor, which drives a lot of people crazy, which I absolutely love. Um, so, of course, I had to name something after her. And it is. It's swift. It comes out of nowhere. You don't see it coming. Literally, I'm behind you. Um, the second move, I actually use the old-school lion tamer. Um, so, exactly the, the way you would picture it back in the 90s when Jericho would lock it in and dig his knee right into the side of the guy's ribs, basically. Um, I think it's such a beautiful-looking move, and it's devastating at the same time. And, personally, I love seeing pictures of me locking it on, guys, and watching them scream. That's awesome. Now, one question I always ask every wrestler that we have on, and no wrestler has ever answered it the same way, so I'm going to put it to you. It's a two-part question. As an independent wrestler, you know, you control your own destiny. You do what you want. You go to this company, you go to this company, you, you go to this town, you do this, you do that, you do what you want. The WWE... You know, they say you have, you can do this, you can't do this. You do, go here, you don't go there. You do this, that, the other. Now, two-part question. If the WWE were to call you and offer you that big contract, is that something you'd want to do? And two, when you do sign that big contract because you have the drive to do it, would you not big-time us and still be our friend and still talk to us and still acknowledge us? All right. Um, first part, I would absolutely um, take that contract right away. Um, I know things have changed where now there's a lot more opportunity out there to be a much bigger, like entrepreneur in wrestling. There's more options literally in terms of companies getting yourself out there. Um, but I would absolutely go with WWE. That is the ultimate goal as I think it is for most guys, whether or not they want to admit it. Um, the second part, I would only remain friends with Granny Hulkster. Wow, that's a that's a privilege. That's it, just her. I only got room for one. Well, sorry guys. There we go. Sorry though. guys. I mean, Granny, Granny, you made a fan. Look at that. I guess I, guess I did. I guess I did. Well, I, look, I don't know what's worse, 
saying that they didn't like my in-ring introduction or saying they don't want to be my friend. I don't know what's worse. Yeah, I thought it's okay. It, it's okay. Don't I take just, don't take it personal. I, I won't. But I'll tell you what, though, we we can we can fix this. Uh, you did like your introduction, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Then we're fine. Now, uh, of course, you know, uh, I, I got to get a couple ego questions in here uh, real quick. Uh, now, the icon made you a cool collector's card. One, what did you think of that? Did you like that? And uh, the other question is, uh, would you be willing to send us some autographs for giveaways for our fans for our big giveaway show? Uh, I'll, I'll go in reverse there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I will definitely send some in. Uh, two, where would I see this collector's card? Because I'm not actually that sure, all that sure I've seen it. Well, I sent it on Facebook Messenger. Oh, you did? Okay, let me, uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't believe I've seen it yet, which sometimes it's honestly not um, the biggest shock because I do get a decent amount of messages between wrestling and my own business. Um, what would it be under exactly? Well, it'd be under your name, Nikos Ricos. I'll tell you what. You're no, for you. Right? I'll send it again. As, yeah, as the sender, what does it come up as? Scott the Icon. Okay, yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't think it went through, actually. Because I'm well, not just seeing... Uh... Oh, you know what? I just got it. Yeah, actually, you know what? I actually didn't see this the first time. Uh, if you did well, send what do you it, think of it, that effect... That actually looks pretty freaking cool. Yeah. You got there the jacket, you go. got a good shot. And... Yeah, actually, you just reminded me. That's a Crowbar show. If you guys remember Crowbar from WCW. Um, yep. That's at Rescue. Yeah, that's at Rescue Mania. That's actually a really cool picture. Thank you. Um, yeah, Crowbar had won some awesome shows around here. He always turns out a good crowd. That is one of my favorite guys in the business. I do want to make sure I give a shout-out to him because Crowbar is, an amazing, amazing human being. I can't say enough to him. Do you still it. have contact with him? I do, because I do wrestle for him still, yeah. Uh, any chance you can get us in contact with him to have him as a guest? Do you think he'd be willing to do uh, that? that uh, honestly, I don't want to speak for him. I know he's a busy guy. I know he's got kids. He's also a very successful uh, physical therapist. He owns his own business. Um, so that's something, uh, you know, you can definitely – it's not hard to find him if you go on Facebook. Um, so literally you type in crowbar, he literally comes right up. He's a super, super friendly guy. So I don't want to speak for him necessarily. Um, but you know, definitely I would give it a shot. Oh, cool. All right. We'll do that. So we have, uh, Nikos Ricos here, the Spartan pit bull here with us. We got uh, nine minutes left. Um, if our fans wanted to, uh, see you wrestle within, uh, the next, uh, couple weeks, uh, have you? Do you know when your next show is? And if so, when is it? Where is it? Uh, and uh, do you know if tickets are still available? And if they are, how would our fans get tickets? Absolutely. Uh, this Saturday, June 8th, I'm actually at the Monster Factory, which is in Paulsboro, New Jersey, at the World Famous Monster Factory uh, building. Um, tickets are still available. I believe Monster Factory goes online, but you can buy them at the door as well. Um, and then June 9th, I'm for American Coliseum Wrestling the very next day in Suffern, New York. That's, like, more upstate. Um, same thing. Fans just have to check out ACW, American Coliseum Wrestling, on social media. 
the week after that, I will be at OTW, which is Old Time Wrestling. Um, that's actually ran by the uh, former ECW ref, uh, Jim Molinoff. Um, that's June 15th. Um, they are up in New Milford, New Jersey, which is also new to me because I don't even think I've heard of that part of New Jersey until I got that booking. Um, same thing with OTW. People just have to check out OTW on Twitter or OTW uh, Old Time Wrestling on Facebook um, or their website. Obviously, one re- redirects to the other. Um, and then after that, in June, I've also got uh, WrestlePro. That's June, uh, June 27th in Union, New Jersey for Shotgun Thursday night. Um, so that's where June is looking at um, and, you know, still filling up. So, but that's how, that's how it's looking for the rest of the month for now. That is, that is awesome. Now, if our, uh, also, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? Yes, on uh, Facebook, it's Nikos Rikos, that's N-I-K-O-S-R-I-K-O-S. On Twitter and uh, and Instagram, it's uh, O-P-A, O-P-A underscore Nikos Rikos. Um, On YouTube, it's also Nikos Rikos. Uh, YouTube, I'm I'm just starting to get a little bit of a hold of. I'm not not a real tech-savvy person. Um, You know, I'm very, like, behind on stuff. Uh, so I'm starting to dive into YouTube a little bit, making videos, putting content up there. Um, but honestly, if somebody were to Google my name, matches are uploaded from other companies. So I'm just not doing a great job at building my own library on YouTube, but I'm something I'm working on at the moment. That's awesome. So with that being said, who would you say would be – your 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 toughest opponent to this to date. Uh, that goes right back to Dan Moff again. Um, Dan Moff, for those not familiar, again he's a guy to get familiar with in terms of looking him up. Um, literally, when it comes to toughest, it's not the fact that he's just this three hundred pound plus you know gorilla as he calls himself, as we call him as well. Um, just the fact that he delivers. I mean, his chops are notorious. Um, The first time I wrestled him, he opened up my chest. I was bleeding. Um, And most recently, one of our somewhat newer students had a match with him, and uh, it was a very gruesome scene in terms of his chest. Um, Mops is an amazing guy, but he will deliver, you know, some physicality and the hardest chops in there. I think at one point I just – I think he was in the middle of chopping me for the 30th time. I grabbed him by the face and I just said, please, God, stop, um, which I think made him laugh for a moment in the ring. So I'm actually proud I was able to somewhat try to break him. Um, but at the same time, he's all for physicality because he told me just a couple of days after our, our first match that he felt like he got dropped out of a helicopter, which I took like a badge of honor that I was able to. It sounds sick, really, when you think about it because we beat the hell out of each other. Um, but Dan Moff, um, also is specifically, um, Crowbar is also a super tough guy in the ring. Um, and I did have a ladder match that he was involved in, uh, last year, which I won, uh, for WrestlePro's version of the money in the bank, basically easiest way to describe it. That match was absolutely brutal. That's to name a specific match, of course, but in terms of opponent, 
Uh, by far, it's Moth, and there's a lot, a lot of guys that would say the same thing. And when you wrestle, would you consider yourself a uh, high flyer like a Rey Mysterio, a technical wrestler like a Bret Hart, or do you have a grunty style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, out of the examples you gave, I mean, I wouldn't really consider myself a Stone Cold Steve Austin, but it would be of the examples that you chose, Stone Cold. Um, more of what I would consider a ground and pound. Um, I love watching guys that are super physical, that don't do uh, a whole lot of flash in the ring. Uh, one of my favorite guys, to give an example, is JBL. Um, not a whole lot of fanciness there, but he looked like he was beating the hell out of the guy. Um, and he was physical. He didn't, you know, you could tell. Like, it was going to be a rough night in there, or a physical one at, at the least with him. Um, and that's what I like to deliver. You know, I, I am athletic. Um, I'm a personal trainer as well. However, I don't really choose to go that route in the ring. Um, I prefer to just, I mean, really rely on my striking. Um, and, uh, I mean, essentially, like I said, just a kind of a ground and pound game and just more of an aggressive kind of style. Like, that's why, again, I'm not the, I'm not going to high fly. I'm not going to be a big power guy. So, usually that kind of gritty style, which it's ironic because I just became a cruiserweight champion, which everybody's like, what the hell is going on? But I made the weight limit, so technically I, I can qualify. That's awesome. And what I did was I did go ahead and uh, uh, send you uh, the a- uh, address where some of the autographs, anything you can send us to uh, uh, give away to our fans, we'd uh, we'd be more than grateful. Sure. No problem. Awesome. Well, uh, before uh, we uh, say goodbye here, we got two minutes left. Uh, you guys got anything uh, left for our guest, Nikos Ricos? Well, I just wanted to tell him that I sent him a friend request. So, you know, and I told him what my real name was. I sent him a message letting him know I sent him a friend request since he said he would be my friend. So, you know, that's pretty there we cool. Go. Absolutely. And remember, if you're her friend, she'll make you cookies. If you're her oh, enemy, boy. she'll hit you with a hurricane. <laughs> well, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, when uh, Granny swings her hurricane, uh, it gives me the word using the force. Okay. <laughs> Good oh, to know. Icon, you're something else. I'll tell you, I, well, I don't, I, I, I don't I swing my cane very much, guys. I mean, just so you know, I... Granny behaves herself because I, I know what my limitations are. I know what I can get away with, what I can't and can't get away with at wrestling shows. I've been to enough of them over the years. I, you know, Granny has her limitations. So, you know, I know what I can do and what I can't do. So, yeah. See, uh, Nico, right. that's why uh, when I put out a comedy CD uh, three years ago, it went aluminum. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you what, Nikos, uh, we appreciate you joining us. I know, I had to find it. I couldn't, I couldn't find the, uh, the button. Yeah. I know that, I know that, uh, know that uh, you know, you're having issues with your voice, but it was just perfect. We thank you for taking time out of your schedule, and uh, we hope that you'd be willing to join us again at some point. Thanks, Nikos. No problem. Thank you, Granny. All right, thank you, buddy. Have a good night. Thank you, too. All right, Nikos Rikos, ladies and gentlemen, the Spartan Pitbull. He will scratch your eyes out. He will stab you in the back if you don't watch out, ladies and gentlemen. 
So uh, that's basically uh, we're just waiting for our next guest here. Uh, so uh, with that being said, uh, we're waiting for David Sullivan, and uh, he's going to tell us about what it was like wrestling in WCW. Uh, you know, he was unable to – he did not confirm like our other guest did, but uh, mm. uh, I have no reason to see why he would not be joining us. So, um, you know. Well, guys, you're never going to be guess who I got to meet Saturday over the weekend. Who was that? Kiefer Sutherland. You remember the movie Young what? Guns? What? From 24, yeah. And 24 and Lost Boys. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. My favorite Kiefer movie is The Cowboy Way. That's a good one. But yes. uh, he yes. is what, yes. Danny? He actually is a musician as well. Because oh, I got wow. an email, I got an email from the Cherokee Casino over in West Salem Springs, over in Oklahoma, that I received two complimentary tickets and free food and free drinks. So my husband and I, we had a date night, and we went over Saturday, and I posted some pictures on Facebook, and I bought his CD and got an autographed picture, bought one of his T-shirts, and I got to meet all the band after the show. And is he as good of a musician as he is an actor, or no? I enjoyed his music. I enjoyed yeah, his songs. Okay. I really did. And I told him, I, um, and of course I wore my Wrestling for a Cause shirt, and they sure. gave me, they donated an autographed picture for Tim's, one of Tim's shows to put in the raffle. And he gave me a hug and told me, God bless you for what you do for those kids and those families. And he put his hand on my shoulder and asked me what my name was, and I told him, and we shook his hand, and my husband shook hands with him. I wanted to ask see if I could have got my our picture with him, and yeah, I'm sure he probably would have, but I didn't want to overstep my boundaries. But he was very, very nice. I mean, very nice, and I I really enjoyed getting to meet him. I mean, it was he was amazing. And I told him, I said, I never knew you were a musician, and he kind of put his arm around my shoulder and hugged me and says, Well, we kind of keep that a secret. <laughs> But he used to be a rodeo guy. He used to be a part of the rodeo back in his younger days. And one of his songs, on his, matter of fact, this is the name of his CD. It's called Reckless and Me. And he said, now, he said, I'm going to let you all to decide whether you think the song is about me and my horse or me and my lifestyle. <laughs> he was really awesome. He was amazing. Well, you know, that's why in the movie The Cowboy Way, uh, he did a lot of his own stunts because he was a rodeo guy. Yeah, yeah. And he talked about that. He he talked about that movie. He talked about that movie. And and he also talked about um, one of the scenes in The Lost Boys when he was on the motorcycle. He hit some railroad tracks, and he went flying one way, and the motorcycle went flying the other way, and he ended up breaking his wrist like in three places with the head to oh, wow. the motorcycle. And the girl that played Star that rode on the back of the motorcycle with him, she says, now are you going to be able to drive this with one hand? And he says, well, we'll soon find out. <laughs> did he? Was he able to? He, he was ap- – I, I guess he did. I mean, mm. but he was absolutely amazing. He was totally awesome. I really enjoyed getting to meet him. Guys, as long as we're uh, waiting for our guest here, uh, hopefully uh, he does call in. Um, 
You know, uh, I just want to let everybody uh, reiterate our show next week. Uh, we do have a big show. Uh, we only have a two-guest show, uh, but it could turn into multiple guests. And the reason why I say that is because uh, WAW, uh, which is uh, the female wrestling wow. organization. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, uh, he's gonna, he was going to try and bring as many wrestlers as he could. Uh, so we're going to have him on for two segments. And we also have Rick Bassman. Now, if you guys have heard the name Rick Bassman, uh, he discovered two unknown wrestlers. You know, they didn't really make it big in the business that he discovered, but uh, they were uh, Sting and the Ultimate Warrior. You know, they didn't really make it big in the wrestling business until he discovered Nah, neither one of them. Hadn't heard of either one of them, you know. So... Yeah. So I don't know if you guys caught, I don't know if you guys caught the end of Raw, but you know the Undertaker did show up. Yep. And uh you know, it's funny, he uh he still looks pretty young for his old age, you know. As for you guys do remember mm. we did have his son on with us uh a couple months back. Yep, sure did. So, anywho, uh, real quick, uh, you know, since Jordan Garber, it, you know, he has cut the promo podcast and he sometimes uh, lets us be part of his show until he gets sick of us. Uh, but uh, I want to let you guys know that he has made me the official booker of the show. And, nice. Uh, uh, he has a couple guests coming on uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, next week, he has Deb Gardner coming on. You guys all remember her. Uh, mm-hmm. He has uh, uh, Devon Nicholson on. He's an ultimate fighter. He's going to be on. Uh, we have Melissa Winchester. She's going to be on. And uh, I don't know if you guys – have you guys ever heard of uh, Felicia Fanning, Big Mama? Mm, um. Big Mama sounds familiar. I haven't heard the actual name, though. Like Felicia, whatever you said there. Yeah, she's going to be on. And uh, another wrestler is going to be on uh, the first uh, week in July when he's uh, scheduled to launch a two-hour format. Mm. Uh, uh, Al Snow. Yeah, but didn't wow. Al Snow con- yeah, but didn't Al Snow confirm with us and, and not come on? Well, no, he was. He didn't confirm, and it was all it was a potential because he teaches class on Mondays, so he didn't know if he'd be able to get off or not. That's why Sunday nights is better for him. And he did offer it to mm. a recorded show, but the thing is, our guests, uh, we have three rules on this show: one, we don't give you questions in advance; two, it's always live; and three, we do not record. Our guests. Everything I mean, we could, but we don't, because that's right. that's the whole point of the, you know, that's the whole point of the name Attitude Era Live, you know. Right. But now, are you talking about the first weekend in July, Icon? Are you talking about um, July okay, the first weekend in? July 7th. Okay, good. I might have to call in for that. I might try to call in for that one because I would like to really 
hear that. So. Yeah. And yeah, and we can we can definitely we can definitely work something out for that. Um, you know. You know, hmm. one thing that you know for people that want to advertise on our show, you know, you you can you can always get a hold of me on Facebook under you know Scott Icon or just type in Icon and uh, uh, you know uh, what we want what we plan on doing for people that want to know you can get advertising on both shows our show and Cut the Promo podcast will give you a great deal to have advertising done on both shows uh, it's always a given. Then on Monday, you're going to have the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hawkster. And uh, on Sundays, it's going to be Garber and the Icon. That's always a given. And sometimes Granny or Big Swing might call in or both. And you might have the uh, occasional toilet flush guy. So uh, That would be great. I, I, I want toilet flush guy to call. I, I mean, well, that, that's, that's literally radio gold. stupid, isn't it? It is kind of stupid, though, isn't it? Well, it is um, because I remember. It's radio remember, gold, though. I remember when I I called in to Jordan's show one time, and and he said I have a question for Granny Hulkster, and we're like, and I'm waiting. I'm like, go ahead, and all of a sudden he starts flushing the toilet, and I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> pretty rude, you know? I mean, like. That was your question, you know. You're gonna flush the toilet on me, so you must Radio think gold, I'm though. that boring or something. Oh, I know, but it's just it, it's rude. I mean, if you don't, I mean, it sounds like like what you guys said earlier. He has more time on his hands than he knows what to do with. And Mr. Toilet Flush Person, I don't know who you are, but um, you need to be a little bit more respectful to people and just oh. Granny laying down the line. Yes, I am. I'm sorry, but I just I had I had to throw that out there to the the toilet flush person, whoever you may be out there. You know, you um, in order to get respect, you have to earn it, and it's not a given thing. And if you're going to be doing things like that to people, then you definitely do not have Granny's respect by any means. So yeah, just throwing that out there, Granny. Yeah, just throwing out there, Granny. Granny, I I can I can take a lot of crap from a lot of people, and I have in my in in my life. And but when you start pushing Granny too far, you start pushing Granny back in that corner. Granny's gonna be like that little wild caged animal, and I'm gonna come out swinging. I'm gonna come out fighting, and when you hurt my friends, my family, and people that I care about, my kids, my dog whatever mm. you're gonna have to answer to granny so just just, just for you know fyi out there people don't make don't piss granny off because laying I, down I the law get, i can get mad <laughs> and i have gotten mad i've 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 gotten a little uh perturbed because uh and i'll just throw that little example out there i went to an independent wrestling show here a couple of weeks ago in Fayetteville, Arkansas, for a company that's just recently gotten started. And mm-hmm. A couple guys showed up at the show, and they both came in wearing referee shirts. And I, these two guys are not my friends. 
I I know these guys from previous wrestling shows from a few years back. But they came one night to a show over in, um, I think it was Silent Springs or Lincoln. I don't remember which show it was that they showed up at. But they'd both been drinking before they came to the show. And and uh, we had Kurt Henning's daughter, Amy Henning, at the show wrestling. And she basically gave an open challenge to anybody in the locker room. And this one guy, he jumps up and he starts getting really mouthy and like, oh, ref, I'll take I'll take his place, I'll take his place, you know, because he wanted to try to wrestle Amy Henning. And I, and so I was standing up, I stood up and said something, and he told me that I better sit down and shut up. And he started walking towards me, and he says, if you don't sit down and shut up, I'm going to knock you out. And he raised his arm back on my son, grabbed my shirt, and pulled me down in the chair. But I guarantee if he would have laid a finger on me, I would have had every wrestler in that locker room out there protecting me. And him and his buddies decided to show up, and they thought they were going to sit on each either side of me. And I told my friend that was at the show, I said, you sit on one side of me, David, my husband, you sit on the other side of me. Well, they ended up leaving before the show was over with. But I forewarned oh, the promoter about these two guys. I said, they're nothing but troublemakers. They're belligerent. They're obnoxious. They have no business uh, being here. And they left. They they left before the show was over because they went home to watch Money in the Bank. But, um, yeah, so uh, um, don't, piss Gran- don't piss Granny off. <laughs> Granny can I, – I can lay down – I can lay down the law when I have to. So. Well, you know, the thing is, though, I mean, you know, there's some people – out there that uh, you know, just you know, just go go to events just to be jerks, you know. And well, uh, you know, these two are are very well known for it. I mean, matter of fact, they had these little megaphones one time. Icon, they but they bought it at a, at a toy store or someplace, and they were trying to talk to these megaphones. I'm <laughs> like, really, you are not Jimmy Hart. You are not the mouth of the South, you know. <laughs> The mouth of the side. He was the man, dude. I love Jimmy Hart. Oh, I I actually got to meet Jimmy Hart one time, and he is a oh, really you? nice guy. He's yeah, he's he was in Springdale, Arkansas, and they were doing a show, and he he's really amazing. He was pretty nice. He was a pretty nice guy. I really enjoyed. Well, I met him. him I met him too. You know, through uh, thanks to uh, our friend uh, Maui Madness, uh, uh, who helped me. In, uh, helped. Uh, <clears throat> to him um so yeah that was uh that was really cool to meet him you know and uh i just want to give a little shout out to uh you know remember when we had that matt pensnick as a guest on our show here uh the president mm-hmm. of the uh northern league football league and the president of the invaders uh the invaders uh won uh this saturday in uh hudson wisconsin uh, twenty, uh, nine, twenty-one, and uh, mm. it uh, was won on the Hudson, Wisconsin Miracle. John Bounty, uh, had a uh, pass to his right, jumped up, caught it, got loose, ran in the end zone, and we would have went up by nine, but we unfortunately muffed the snap on the extra point, so we had to claw and scratch. To, <laughs> to win the game in the last two minutes. 
but we so, get the victory. Are you still uh, are you still all amped up over the Minneapolis miracle? Always, that's the Viking thing. Always, is that like the highlight of your of your football watching career? No, no. There's been other plays, uh, like uh, Zach Raw against uh, WIU in the playoffs. For those of you guys who want to see a spectacular catch, go to YouTube, type in Zach Raw under WIU. Uh, it was a playoff game. He actually literally jumped over the guy, caught the ball off his helmet, and the guy didn't even know what was going on. And he uh, he strolled in the end zone, and the other guy was standing there. He, he couldn't believe it. Now, maybe you could find that play in uh, – uh, loaded up in our system. You know, it's on YouTube. It's possible. But it's def- I, I'm sure I probably could find it somewhere in the archives. You know, uh, it made it made the ESPN highlight reel. It was that good of a play. You know. Well, then it, it, it'll be in our archives somewhere then. But I'm sure I'll find it. So, and so, if so I could, the Cowboys play Minnesota this year. Yes, I know, and we also got to play Carson Wentz too. Speaking of Carson Wentz, and I know that this is a wrestling show, we do like to talk sports every once in a while. Um, speaking of Carson Wentz, we obviously know what he's done and what he's become. We know what he did in his college career at North Dakota State. We know that he's become now, uh, with Nick Foles being traded, the you know hands down starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. However, Easton Stick, his predecessor, uh, was drafted by the Chargers. Do you feel like Easton Stick again? I don't really follow NDSU, so you would know this better. I kind. Do you feel like Easton Stick has the uh, potential to possibly be the heir apparent to Philip Rivers? Is he good enough, or do you think he'll be a backup for most of the year? Well, no, I think that's the plan. I think uh, they'll let Easton learn the uh, learn the system uh, for a while, and then uh, when uh, Rivers is ready to retire, uh, they will, uh, you know give stick the reins. I mean, stick is that good, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Carson Wentz because he's a friend of mine, but Easton stick has proved to be more durable than Carson Wentz. Easton stick has never been injured. Mm, That's true. Yet though, he hasn't really been hit by NFL level competition guys. Yeah. Well, uh, Carson Wentz also got injured in the college too. So, True, he did. Now, well, his first ACL injury was uh, in college, right? Correct, and that's what got Easton Stick uh, starting eight games for him because he mm. got hurt. Now, uh, Big Swing, I did send you the play uh, on uh, Facebook Messenger. I hope you got. I hope you got it. Um. The play. What what what, what play are you talk about? Zach Braw. Let me see here. When did you send it? Just now. Oh well, I haven't. I didn't have Facebook open. Hang on a second. Um. I know. I know. This is just riveting for the fans. Yes. I know, okay. But... I yes. I I have it. Zach Braw catch. Okay. So, yeah, I could probably load up the audio. This guy, I assume, comes with audio, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, so I can um, 
I assume can uh, get the audio for this and get it loaded up for the next show. Yeah. Might not be able to do it in time tonight, but now who's he catching that against? That Weber State? No, Western Illinois. W. Oh, Western Illinois. Yep. What do you you feel about them? Do you hate them too? WIU? Yeah. Well, let's just say that uh, my uh, feelings towards Western Illinois, I do do dislike them because they did end our winning streak. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were at, I believe it was 35 games or whatever it was. They did end our winning streak. But I don't dislike them as much as I do Oral Roberts. Hmm. Now, Oral Roberts, yeah, well, you hate them, but don't you hate, uh, are they the one in your conference you hate the most? Well, here's here's who I dislike in the Missouri Valley. In the, uh, well, let's talk about the Missouri Valley. Here's who I dislike in the Missouri Valley. It's uh, Western Illinois, uh, Southern Illinois, and South Dakota State. That's in the Missouri Valley. In the Summit League, it's IPFW which is uh, Indiana Port, uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne, which I call them IPFUW, um, and mm. uh, Oral Roberts. Mm. Okay, okay. And I know, I don't know if Granny really follows um, college sports at all, um, but, I mean, is there a particular team that you just I, – I, I know, you know, how you feel regarding the Raiders, but is there a – uh, a team in the college ranks that you really just can't stand, Granny? Uh, I don't. I I watch some college. I mean, you know, I watch the Razorbacks and I watch Kansas. I watch the Jayhawks a lot. I because I'm I'm originally from Kansas, so I'm uh, I've always been a Jayhawker fan. You know, um, I you know I don't I don't watch much college. I mean, like I said, I I don't get into the college sports like I do the professional sports. So. Well, now being from Kansas, um, is it as big of a rivalry as they claim that it is between um, and You're breaking up there, Big Swing. You're breaking up, Big Swing. I was saying, is it as big of a rivalry as I heard? Um, the Jayhawks, obviously, that have in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, and the Wildcats in Manhattan, Kansas. Kansas oh State yeah, Kansas, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's why. Yeah, that's that's a big rivalry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always has been. Always has. Because they're both because they're both big time programs. Whereas, like, for example, Arkansas is really the premier program in Arkansas. I mean, you've got other Arkansas schools like Pine Bluff and Arkansas State and you know A and M and all that, but you don't really have another high level D one in the state that competes, you know, at that level. But at Kansas, they've got two pretty successful yeah. programs within 100 miles of each other. Yeah, so, and they're not yeah. – yeah, Manhattan and Lawrence, they're not that far from each other. Matter of fact, yeah. I was just in Kansas, well, last week, for example. I, when we did the show last Monday night, I was actually sitting at my motel there in Lansing, Kansas. And I'll tell you, we came home Tuesday morning. We left at – quarter to five to come back to Arkansas Tuesday and Tuesday night, you're going to talk about the weather and you mentioned Lawrence. 
They had a tornado hit in Bonner Springs, Linwood, Lawrence, and the south part of Leavenworth, and we would have yeah, been I was like watching right that in the middle on YouTube. of everything. Because well, yeah. I watch tornado videos on YouTube just because they're so fascinating to me. And, and up here in uh, New York, we don't really have any natural disasters other than Governor Cuomo. So I uh, so I watch some of those, and I saw that one. And they're saying it was like an F uh, F4 or something. It really just devastated yeah, Linwood. Yeah, almost it, it was an part. F5. It was it was an F5, and and we would have been like if we were still if we had stayed like in, in Tuesday, Kansas? we mm-hmm. yeah if we if we hadn't come home Tuesday morning we probably would have been right in the middle of that tornado Tuesday night. We we may where have we were staying at to watch the board. Hmm. Um. I am watching the board. I've been watching Icon. There's 18 minutes left, and there's nobody on. Okay, and there's no way we can extend, huh, if we had to? Um, no, because it's the uh, – extending the show out is uh, for the premium package, and it's more money per month. So, I mean, we could extend it. Well, honestly, once the show – like, once it once the 19 minutes is up, it'll keep recording for another hour. But right. What happens, what happens then is that that's not live. So, for example, anybody that's listening live, it'll cut the broadcast off right there. And then if you go back into the archives and listen, you can go back and listen to the whole thing, um, you know, because it'll, it'll yeah, record Jordan, that last hour. That yeah, Jordan does that every week. Yeah. So that's – that's oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, 401 icon, is that who we're looking for? Yep, got it. All right. Well, we we got 18 minutes left, so we're going to do a a speed version of the interview. But uh, here, I'll I'll put them on and let you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the night. Ladies and gentlemen, he is David Benoit. Hey, David, how are you? I personally have enjoyed Miracle Whip on part of you, David. I hear kids. David, so it's it's four one three eight eight forty six thirty eight. Was that the correct number? I believe so. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, didn't sound like anybody was on. It sounded like David Sullivan. Isn't it supposed to be David Sullivan? Icon? Yeah, you said David Benoit. Yeah, I know, but uh, uh, David Sullivan never called in, so. Uh, is he still on the line? No, I hung up because it you just couldn't hear anything. It sounded like somebody was watching a cooking video in the background. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like somebody had, like, the cooking channel on, on TV or something. But, oh. Oh, we. Granny, I have a, uh, I I have one, uh, I have one for um, for for Icon here. Um, and you want to you, you want to talk about jokes? I I got a joke for you. Now, okay. Now 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 geographically speaking, this doesn't really make a lot of sense because you don't really have these animals uh, in North Dakota. And I used this joke against somebody uh, that I know from Maine, and they do have these animals. So just. Bear in mind that the, the, the technicalities here, but you know the difference is um, 
between North Dakota and South Dakota, right? No. Well, in South Dakota, Moosehead is a beverage. In North Dakota, it's a misdemeanor. Oh, that's Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Oh, wow. Now, again, I know you don't have moose in North Dakota. Um, I, and like I said, I used it against somebody in Maine. Um, but I just, I just, it just came to me real quick because that person popped online and I was like, oh, hello. Uh, I guess they, I'll, they, I'll they, show they, I come. They, huh? they, they do have moose in Minnesota, though. All right. Well, I could, okay. Well, then I'll say Minnesota and North Dakota then. <clears throat> but uh, in fact, it was funny. I actually, uh, I actually hooked up with a girl in college um, who was from the great state of Minnesota. Uh, she lived in a little town called Duluth, Minnesota. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Oh, yeah. I've been there many times. Yeah. Duluth Superior Dukes. Don't they have a, don't uh, they have a, uh, don't they have a, a clothing company? Uh, that yeah, Duluth Trading Company, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they just opened a Duluth Trading Company in Rogers, Arkansas, not too long ago. Yeah, they opened one up here in Fargo, North Dakota. As a matter of fact, when I was a producer for the Ben and Jim show, we used to have uh, one of the main uh, owners of that show, Michael Clawwitter, uh, as a guest on our show all the time. He always used to send us some pretty good stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, she was a cool girl. Uh, Duluth sounded like it was a pretty cool town. Well, you know, they the Red Hawks used to play the Duluth Superior Dukes out of, you know, Duluth Superior, obviously, and uh, they used to have uh, the they had the first female pitcher ever in the majors, Isla Borders, uh, as one of their star pitchers. Hmm. And she she was a great pitcher too when she pitched. All right. Now, that's a port you, city, right? Like a port, That's like a port town? I think so, yeah. I believe so, yeah. But anyways. All right. Well, Granny. Yes. The um the way that Raw ended tonight uh with with the Undertaker um I mean, are you excited at all to see this Undertaker-Goldberg match or no? Well, yeah, I am because, I mean, I like Undertaker. I like Goldberg, you know. I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to see what's going to take place. I really am, you know. Two um, guys over the hill? Who, Undertaker? And uh, Goldberg? Goldberg? Well, you know, Goldberg. He's still pretty tough. I mean, you know, he. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good match. I really do. I. I. I don't think it's going to be a disappointing one. I. I think they're. I think they're both going to bring what they're both famous for, and it's. I think it's going to be a good match. I really do. Hmm. Well, I'm sure it'll be good, but you, you know. Well, it's, just- it's got to be better than you know. The last time Goldberg was in the ring, and the last time Undertaker was in the ring. I mean, Undertaker. You you mentioned that he looks, um, you, you know, you mentioned that he looks younger, but he he certainly doesn't move like he's younger. I mean, he's 
he's right. still ginger moving around, you know, and I almost feel bad for the dude because, I mean, he's trying pretty hard, but he's just not, uh, I, I just think that, you know, it's like any, it, it's almost like I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan and a big Emmett Smith fan. That's almost like Emmett Smith trying to come back and play running back right now. You know, I mean, you were great when, when you were in your prime, but I mean, sometimes things just got to come to an end. And, you know, I mean, between Triple H getting back into the ring again, too, I mean, he's the next one who's going to find himself in. Yeah, so, and him and Randy Orton, I mean, you know, I mean, that's. I kind of so had to say? laugh. On, I had to laugh yeah, well, at what Randy Orton told Triple H about having his balls in Stephanie's purse. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was kind of funny, but I mean, what, what, what is this? A whole evolution reunion tour thing? I mean, what, I don't know. He... I don't know. I, 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 I don't know where they're going with this. I really don't. I mean, well, they're they're facing each other, so it's not really a reunion. I bet you Randy Orton beats him. I think so. I, I think Randy Orton's gonna tear him up. I mean, you know, I don't know the Triple H. You know, he he always pulls something up out of magically out of his sleeve, you know, or whatever, but he, he, it's, that's going to be another good match. I think, I think that's going to be another decent match. So. Mm. I've always enjoyed Randy Orton. I've always thought he was pretty electric and, you know, the RKO to me is, you know, the RKO is one of the better, you know, one of the better, finishing moves because it's just so chaotic. You know, it just comes out of nowhere. and I really, now, really I've enjoy never, it. I've never, met, I've never met Randy Orton, but I have met his dad, Cowboy Bob Orton, on several occasions. I heard and he's a nice guy. I re- yeah, he is. he is. He is a very nice guy. And I remember one time we were at a show in Harrison, Arkansas for Mid-States. And, of course, he was the bad guy, you know, and I stood up mm-hmm. and I was booing him. And he said, I mean, he just stops like right in the middle of the match and just stands there with his hands on his hips and says, Granny, I thought we were friends. I said, well, we are. And he says, well, why are you booing me? I said, because I don't like you right now because you're the bad guy. <laughs> you know, he just, I mean, he literally just stops what he's doing right in the middle of the match and like, Granny. <laughs> <laughs> I have Man, quite, I have quite the rapport with wrestlers. I mean, you know. Talk about breaking kayfabe. Hey, you know what? Hey, hey, he asked me. He's the one that started it. So, you know, blame him. <laughs> he's the one that started it. Well, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying anything bad about that. But, you know, I remember how much trouble Triple H got in uh, on that when he uh, – made a kid cry, and he went over to the kid and said, hey, I'm just playing around, you know? Well, you know, whatever. I mean, hey, I'm friends with Trevor Murdoch, you know, I mean, from the WWE. I mean, I'm personal friends with Trevor Murdoch and beautiful Bobby Eaton from the Midnight Express. Yeah, and, okay, oh. Brian Thompson, you know, we had him on our show here a few months ago. You remember Brian Thompson icon? Because... He was known as the icon, but he does his I-K-O-N. He is yep. like Bobby's yep. booking agent guy, you know. And we were at a show, another show, and it was a legend show in Harrison, Arkansas. And Brian says, Granny, what do you think you're doing here? And I said, Brian Thompson, shut up. I didn't come to see you. I came to see Bobby, so knock it up. And Bobby says, yeah, Brian, shut up before I have to hurt you. Leave Granny alone. 
Bobby was protecting me, you know, so Bobby's my friend. So, but of course Brian is too, but so we have a lot of fun together. Brian used to, Brian, when TCW was running, Brian always say, security, security, get this woman out of the building. So I can I do, we do only have about eight minutes left, but we do have somebody on the line here also with a 401 number. I have no idea who it is. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's Toilet Flush Guy. I'm not, but Let's go see. ahead. Bring him up. Um, who, guess, who is this? kind of funny. I, I kind of wanted it to go a little longer, but oh well. It's so funny well, though. That, that, could be, that could be worse than Toilet Flush Guy, really. Um, no. Not really. I I, I mean, it, it was funny, but it wasn't like, Toilet Flush is hilarious because it just throws the host off their game completely. And I mean, I, I enjoy it. Well, that makes one of you. <laughs> well, but anyways, all right, I got. It's been an awesome night tonight. We've had two good interviews, and we have. And now I kind of wish we uh, extended the interviews out a little longer. However, um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know the thing is. That's the thing you don't know. It's like our format is this. We, when we have a three-guest night, we have the one guest on at 9.15 for 30 minutes, next guy on for 9.45 for 30 minutes, and then the last guest uh, is usually on for 45 minutes. So I usually save that for, uh, you know, legends or actresses or actors or directors or, you know, so that, you know, we can, you know, ask more questions, too, that we'd have, not just wrestling questions, you know. Uh, so I, that's usually the format that we have, usually. But for those of you who didn't know that already, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, it, it happens sometimes, though. You just never know sometimes on radio. Right. But, you know, we have uh, we have a strong show. We have a lot of listeners. We have a lot of loyal listeners. And, uh, you know, we appreciate every one of uh, our listeners that do listen. And uh, maybe we can start uh, doing a call-in segment at some point, you know? Um, yeah, we could do that. I think that would be fun. So. But... Either way, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. Oh, we got it. We here we go. Hold on. Yes. Yes. Me and my brother and I just went over there a couple of hours ago and got some soft tacos. Yep. And he's not feeling too good. I mean, is there something wrong with the tacos? 
I mean, I've had them for a while. I've never had any problems. No, no, we, we have no problem with our products. Yeah, I mean, my brother carries phones on the toilet ever since he's come home. Okay, uh, can I take your name and number? Yo, I, I don't know if that's like a jerky boy skit or whatever, but I actually would like to listen to some of the. I, I enjoy prank calls and pranking, you know, restaurants and things like that. I mean, you know, yes, I have a sports show, but when I was in college, we did a Howard Stern type of show. We did a lot of that kind of stuff. So, uh, caller, if you want to send those clips to me individually, uh, that would be great because I, I'm, I'm very, uh, very excited to hear them. Uh, unfortunately, on this platform, you know, I, I don't know how long they are, so I can't let them air in their full entirety. Um, yeah. Hey, you guys, um, speaking of that, uh, I want to let mm-hmm. you guys know we are going to have the ultimate prank caller guy on with us in November. Oh, boy. Uh, he is uh, known as the Touchtone Terrorist. Have you guys heard oh, of him? Uh, Touchtone Terrorist. Several, yeah, he has several characters, uh, Tim Bob, Junkyard Willie, uh, TikTok, uh, Louie the Old Guy, um, you name it, he's got them, and uh, uh, what he used to, well, he, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it, I'm gonna let uh, him tell us about it, but. Uh, when, when's he coming on? In November. Hmm. So we got he's a little gonna while. Bring all, he's gonna bring all his characters with him. And he has beautiful. been on the Howard Stern show. Oh, beautiful. I love Howard Stern. So yeah. He's going to tell us what it's like being on Howard Stern. All right, all right. Well, uh, in the spirit of North Dakota and in the spirit of Icon's love-hate relationship with Oral Roberts, I'm going to end it off like this. Welcome all to James Woods High's annual college fair, where each year our seniors gather to decide where they will go in the fall to get HPB. Wow, Meg, so many choices. Yeah, it is a state college with an incredibly offensive Native American mascot. I'm Drunky, the Dakota University mascot. Look how drunk I am. This is important for sports. Oh, look, you can go to Oral Roberts. Oh, and there's Anal Roberts. Boy, that is a tough, tough place to get into, Lois. That is tough. But once you're in there, you'll be surprised how much you like it. Oh, Miss. So so anyway, we will uh, we will see you guys next week. That clip always makes me giggle, even though I've heard it several times before. So maybe it's just a dirty mind I have. I don't know. Huh? I like it too. Yeah, it's a good one. So is this. Well, I got a ton of business experience. I mean, I had that job creating ads for the North Dakota Board of Tourism. Hi. Do you like South Dakota but don't want to see Mount Rushmore? Come to North Dakota. It's just a very long drive from wherever you live. Best of all, most of the good license plates aren't taken yet. Imagine coming here and having cool dude or yay Jews or boo Jews, depending on where you stand on Jews. North Dakota, we're not even the best Dakota. (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next week. To the great people of Fargo, North Dakota. Thank you for giving us the icon and blessing us with his presence, and we'll see you guys next month. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it made up in the And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. Don't turn around and 
Yesterday always finished last. But I said.